Hello everyone, and welcome to a very special Halloween episode of Spooky AF. Ooh. Uh, my name is Rob, and today I'm joined by my co-host Suze. Hello. Hope you are all thoroughly enjoying the spooky season that is upon us. I know I have been avoiding pumpkin spice lattes so far. You've been avoiding them? I've been trying to get one, but I always think like, Jesus, but Starbucks is so expensive. <laughs> yeah, well, that is true as well. Starbucks is horrifically expensive. But uh, I've just, for whatever reason this year, I've just been avoiding the, the pumpkin spice latte. Um, I've not been embracing my uh, basic inner white woman just yet. Because I hear that the pumpkin cream cold brew is like the newest, trendiest drink, and it's also delicious, apparently. That is the most white bread sentence I think that's ever come out of your mouth right now. <laughs> a, a, a pumpkin cream cold brew? Yep. Okay. Um, I'm assuming that's Starbucks. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. I, I yeah, I might check it out <laughs> if I see it. Um, yeah, you absolutely should. Well... Uh, I hope everyone else has been enjoying their, their spooky season. Um, before we get in, I just want to say a huge thanks to everyone for the uh, response we've gotten so far to our episodes. It's been really nice and uh, we've gotten some nice reviews on Spotify. And it's just been very, very nice to see that people actually want to listen to us, um, which I think is quite surprising. <laughs> I, I don't know about you, Suze. I, I think we fully we fully prepared to put this out there and then have nobody hear it and that'd be okay because it was just us yeah. having a conversation that we would have had anyway. Yeah, we were just prepared to basically just scream into the ether um, and it's just nice that people want to come along for the journey with us. So uh, yeah, thank you. I, we both appreciate it and uh, you know, if you haven't left us a uh, review yet or you haven't gotten in touch with us on social media, please do um our links are in the description now uh which feels very podcasty to say yeah you know we'd welcome all interaction uh with us you know uh it'll be be nice to get a nice little community going together uh, on this weird journey absolutely so as part of this very special uh halloween episode we are going to come back we're gonna pull it home i know we've got some we've got some texas episodes at the moment uh not through any kind of pre-planning on on either of our ends. We just ended up in Texas for some reason. No. So we're going to pull it home. We're going to come back to the land of Halloween where we're coming to Ireland uh, for this episode. This one is is a doozy. I, I've been kind of trying to decide when this episode should come up. And I felt like Halloween was probably the perfect time for this. I mean, and just like warning to the listeners, I have not heard anything about this. So I have no idea what's coming. So I purposely have basically told nothing about this to Suze because uh, I want to, you know, get get her honest reaction to this as we're going. So uh, we're we're going in <laughs> blind on this one. <laughs> so uh, hopefully you all enjoy it. I am today talking about the Irish vampire Avertok. Oh, amazing. Have you ever heard of Avertok? No, but I am an absolute horror for a vampire story. Yeah, well, look, you're going to get it done today. Um, it's it's a good one. Um, Avertok, and I am going to say that, you know, I've looked up the pronunciation. My Irish isn't great, uh, but I have been looking this up, so I'm, I'm uh, hoping that I'm getting it pronounced correctly. I, I know it's a name from uh, Ulster Irish, so I apologize if I'm decimating the pronunciation of it, but I have tried my best. So Avertok uh, is an Irish vampire. And just to give some backstory here, um, some people say that he could be the actual origin for the story of Dracula, which obviously Bram Stoker, being Irish, Ooh. we would assume may have been aware of the story of Avertok. Yeah. 
you know, it may not actually be Vlad the Impaler. Could actually be Avertok. So just, just to put that out there beforehand, I am aware of it. I, I'll touch on it towards the end. But uh, yeah, it is an interesting, uh, an interesting idea. And we're, so we're up north. We're in, we're in the far, far north of Ireland. Yeah. So we are in Ulster for our story today. So I'm going to set the scene here for us. So before we unravel the legend of Avertok, let's transport ourselves to a place where time seems to stand still and where the mystical whispers of folklore echo through the ages. Oh, that was poetic. Uh, just wait and you see. <laughs> uh, so we're talking today about a place uh, called Glenullen, uh, which is in Derry um, in the north of Ireland where history seems to be kind of woven into the very soil beneath your feet. Ugh. I don't know if you've if you've been to uh, Ulster, but it, it's a beautiful, beautiful place in Ireland. Um, you're never too far away from, you know, some ancient stone wall or a ring fort or some sort of portal tomb. It, it's, you're very close to all of it. And there's this real deep sense of connection to the past there. It's kind of one of those places where every tree rock and stream basically has some story to tell or some local has a story to tell you about it oh that's great like that's i feel like i feel like that kind of gets lost sometimes in dublin yeah oh it, it definitely does it, it does you know so um this is an area where people kind of um live with the stories of the past and where tales have been handed down kind of from generation to generation much like the rest of rural Ireland. Um, but it's in this setting, kind of with history and tradition, that the story of Avertok really kind of unfolds. And as I saw online, a quote, a place where folklore isn't just a matter of belief. It's a living, breathing presence in the daily lives of its residents. Ah, well, look at that. That is that is poetic as fuck. Yeah. And for our American listeners, I'll, I'll, I'll ramp it up here. Uh, so as we embark on this journey, imagine the mist-shrouded glens, the ancient oak trees, <laughs> and the centuries-old stone circles that dot the landscape. Uh, to, to note, we are not being sponsored by Tourism Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> but do visit Ireland. Yes. Uh, so with the background set, let's journey deeper into this world and let's uncover this eerie tale of Avertok, the Irish vampire. Avertok is an interesting dude. He's a tough one to kind of get a story about. So there's there's kind of two versions of the story of Avertok, but the kind of accepted, uh, I suppose, uh, canon uh, for Avertok is that he was this absolute, uh, just total dickhead of a chieftain. Uh-huh. So in ancient Ireland, um, much like the rest of the UK and other places, uh, it was kind of broken down into like chieftains and kingdoms. And Avertok was uh reputed to be just an absolute tyrant during his lifetime like he was famous for being a dickhead basically like he would uh he was just like brutal basically just got a name for just his his brutality and like the fear that he basically created mm. the description that i saw online of him which i think is very appropriate is that he was a powerful and oppressive figure in his community so so just uh, just a, a, a white man with too much power very much so yeah um this lad just for whatever reason just enjoyed just being a professional bastard Ugh. so he he wasn't particularly liked by many he was divisive in, in in the community to say the least um the author patrick weston joyce uh wrote about him actually um in 1870 
um, so this is much, much later than after the, the story of him when he existed, uh, called The Origin and History of Irish Names of Places. Mm. And when talking about Avertok, he says, uh, this dwarf was a magician and a dreadful tyrant. And after having perpetrated great cruelties on the people, he was at last vanquished and slain by a neighboring chieftain, some say by Fionn McCool himself. For anyone that doesn't know, Fionn McCool is a, a very famous Irish hero. Um, he was buried in a standing posture, but the very next day he appeared in his old haunts, more cruel and vigorous than ever. And the chief slew him a second time and buried him as before. But again, he escaped from the grave and spread terror through the whole country. The chief then consulted a druid, and according to his directions, he slew the dwarf a third time and buried him in the same place with his head downwards, which subdued his magical power so that he never again appeared on earth. The laugh raised over the dwarf is still there, and you may hear the legend with much detail from the natives of the place, one of whom told it to me. Oh. So, this is the first mention that we really seem to have in the modern day of Avertok. And I will apologize, the... the Avertok, the Irish word, is, seems to be also the name for dwarf. It, it seems to be kind of, um, there's a bit of crossover, as you heard in uh, Joyce's uh, writing, that he says his name, but then also calls him the dwarf. So that that's where it comes from. So um, when you look, like you'll kind of, even if you look online now, like if you look up the word Avertok, um, it'll generally come back. Uh, on say like Google Translate or something like that um, as the word for dwarf hmm. uh, so just just to give that as, a, as an FYI to people um, so yeah so there's, there is a lot to unpack there so basically the, what Joyce did he, he summarized the story of Avertok so he says effectively that he's a tyrant and was an oppressive figure in the community uh, he died people thought that they were safe from him after that then that you know Fionn McCool the Irish hero came in dealt with him and and people thought that was it mm -hmm. but no uh as with most things uh especially in this this ancient period of Ireland this was not to be the case so after his death it said that Avertok rose from the dead and became a vampire or as I saw someone else point out not a vampire but a revenant Ooh, yeah uh, and in Irish folklore, just FYI, these creatures are called uh, Dilshock. I mean, it's all Greek to me. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I could actually just say anything and just say it's Irish. You could, and, yeah, and I'd and be like, yeah, you'll, that's right. You'll have right. to believe me. Yeah, yeah. So that's it. So he he dies. He He's killed by this hero. The locals think that they're, you know, they're safe. They think this is it, but... Uh, Unfortunately, literally the next day after he's been killed, he's back. Uh, he's back in the community and uh, people are kind of panicking now because, you know, <laughs> everyone is very aware of the fact that this lad literally died the day beforehand. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and is it is it too like maybe you'll get to this, but is it um, is he like this is the skin of a killer Bella kind of vampire or or is he like 30 days of night vampire? Um. I'm going to go with 30 Days of Night Vampire. Okay. Kind of the descriptions that you see of him online is that they talk about him being this kind of uh, like grisly sort of figure who comes back and is kind of like the embodiment of evil, basically. Mm -hmm. um, so 
he, he's definitely more of a, a 30 days a night vampire uh, rather than a uh, Stephanie Meyer vampire. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Uh, he didn't just go around like wooing the dairy girls after he came back. No, I don't think so. And look, do you know what? That could have been like he he may have been left alone if that was his plan. Like just being, you know, a professional playboy instead of a professional bastard. <laughs> I mean, when you when you're undead, you've really got to choose your priority. You got to re reorient your priorities. And I think that that is that is part of it. I think you should move. You know what? In life, I was a professional bastard, and now I'm going to move to being a professional fuckboy. <laughs> Yeah, he's just going to sleep around the entirety of Northern Ireland first and then set his sights further. You know what? Maybe Avertok would still be around if, uh, you know, he had to just reprioritized uh, sooner. He just enrolled in the local school for years on end and just... It's just kind of like every PhD he could think of. Yeah. Just really, like, uh, becoming a, a, like a... A beacon of like uh, goodness in the community. Yeah, exactly. Like maybe we're maybe he's just gotten a bad rap, and like really he's turned his undead life around. True. Yeah, you know, like he he could have like really just like gone all in, like uh, helped the community, looked out for them, did all the dangerous shit because he's like, well, what's gonna happen? Am I gonna die? Yeah. Every time he makes that joke as well, everyone kind of like rolls their eyes. They're like, oh, like we get it for fuck's sake. Yeah. And he's like, hey, do you know, you know, uh, he, <laughs> he'll go and like greet new people as they come into the town. He'll be like, oh, you know, so, so nice to see you, you know, um, welcome to the town. You know, we, we're, you know, we, we try to do a lot here. And then he'll basically like try to set himself up to have some sort of accident. Like we'll get like fucking impaled on the stomach by a spike or something or like, like a we'll party trick for his hand. Yeah. Um, really plays it up and then like pulls the knife out of his hand and he's like ah, da, 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 <laughs> don't worry I gotcha I gotcha yeah that that should have been the version of uh, Vampire that Avertok went for not the uh, not the not the version that we have uh, su- such as 2023 but should have been versus the version that we have <laughs> yeah look this is it um the other thing, actually, that I just thought of, um, maybe with him, just to go back to when we were talking about him being called a, a dwarf, um, it it might also be a case that maybe he was like injured in battle or something, uh, or in like an accident, mm. um, and kind of had like maybe like an injured kind of like stature or like a hunch stature or something like that, right? And maybe that could also be why why he had the name, mm-hmm. but that's obviously total conjecture. Um, I'm just putting something in there out into the ether it's our version of the speculation zone exactly so yeah just to say like i I, i've very much so glanced over how much of a bastard this lad was um jealous he was suspicious he was a dick to his community like he was just all around uh not not a nice guy he had that sigma grind set and he was going for it (laughs) yeah he had this his sigma grind set and he, he knew what he was about so yeah, fast forward then to when he's been killed. Um, supposedly, everyone thought that they were safe. You know, I'm assuming there was music playing, kind of like the end of um, Phantom Menace uh, or Return of the Jedi. You know, everyone's celebrating. Oh yeah. Um, fireworks going off, all that sort of stuff. Um, but no. Very next day, Avertok appears in the town, uh, demanding bowls of uh his people's blood. Oh. 
uh, and demands that they're basically they cut their wrists in front of him to fill bowls of blood. Oh, 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 owie. Yeah. So the clans people basically complied with this through sheer terror, um, because they, of course they would. You know, <laughs> they they don't know what to do, so they 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 comply and 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 they give him their their blood. The, they just went with it. Yeah. So what I saw was that they just complied through sheer terror. Um, that that's what I saw online. Oh man, I don't know. Had, had yeah. they tried like running? Just saying no. <laughs> saying no. <laughs> like, like like fire kills most things. Like had they tried lighting him on fire? Yeah, it's like nah, man. I'm I'm good actually. Thanks. Um, you know, you do you. Um, I'm not giving you my blood. But you know, best of luck. Maybe tit go, for tat. Go. They would. They should have been like, "All right, I give you my blood. You give me your blood. Now we're best friends forever." Yeah, and we're in this blood cycle now. Yeah, you know, um, you know, we're like it's like a perpetual motion a machine. It's like the. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh God. So yeah, he they they complied, and he instructed to them that this meal be prepared for him daily. His his people basically complied because I suppose in their mind. He's still their chieftain, you know, he's still their leader. Like he this is the day after he supposedly died. So if there was any doubt about his death or something like that, you know, who are they to question that his chieftain just their chieftain just turns back up and is like, Give me your blood. Uh, oh, you thought I died? No. Not today, bitch. So yeah, so they they comply with this and um they say that this basically yeah, sustained his uh, his unnatural life um, as one of the... Uh, so this is another lovely term in Irish, a marvio, which is the living dead. Yeah. Ooh. So, um, but eventually his subjects, uh, I suppose they grew, uh, they grew weary of living in fear. They grew, they grew anemic is what happened. They did, yeah, yeah, yeah. But none of them were brave enough to try to kill him or challenge him. So they asked... Uh, a warrior chieftain, uh, Cahan, um, which in modern day terms, the surname would now be O'Kane, mm. um, but Cahan, uh, to slay Avertok for them. So uh, Cahan was uh, more than obliging, actually. Um, and uh, he rocked up to the town and um, killed him. Just went at him with a sword, just fucking took him down and buried him in his grave. So because... Avertok was a chieftain. It it kind of dictated that uh, chieftains are buried standing up to basically like look out over their their land. Basically, see that's interesting because like sidebar the uh, there's some I can't remember what country is in if it's in somewhere in like southeast eastern Europe I think I've heard of a tradition where they bury people standing up so they they so it's like harder for them to get out of the ground. Oh, interesting. Okay, I heard that on a because um, it was the it was what inspired the guy who wrote uh, American Werewolf in London. Oh, cool. Okay, yeah. So, the, so like it, it exists other places. So it's interesting that the, it has like a different meaning behind it in Ireland. Yeah. Well, now it could have also been like a that could have also been done, done in Ireland. I'm not sure. I do know though that yeah, it's the whole thing about the chieftains is that they were buried so they could like even in death, could, like, watch over their lands. Mm. But that is really interesting. I'm assuming it could be, yeah, like, a European thing. I know that, like, vampire and, like, living dead folklore was, like, very 
particularly strong in like Germany, yeah, Eastern Europe, obviously Romania and like the whole like Transylvania thing as well. Um, so maybe it could be something there or in Greece as well. I know Greece had the whole kind of like living dead thing as well. Mm. So uh, we'll maybe look into it for a future episode. That could be actually really fun. Oh, yeah, I think I think there there could be like a whole series of like different vampire myths because I mean like around the world they're just so different and so many and they're all really interesting. Um, yeah, that would be really cool actually. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll come back. So uh, Kahan uh, killed the killed Avrothok again and buried him standing in his grave. But the next day, surprise surprise, Avrothok rolled back into the town around dusk. And uh, as I saw described, was in a quote fell mood, <laughs> as you would be. Yeah, exactly. And was demanding even more blood. The people started to comply, but then I think they kind of realized something was up. Um, so they sent word again for Cahan, and this lad came back again, and uh, once again uh, killed the king and returned him to his to his grave. So now they they basically uh, had to hire this guy on retainer now. <laughs> he's on contract yeah he's he's a contract killer basically now um i'm imagining that kahan um is basically looking like rambo <laughs> yes um like just absolutely just jacked and probably like rambo has a bow and arrow and uh has his sword and basically is just rocking in here um sorting out all sorts of uh vampires and creatures for for various towns yeah, like he just, he, he's like a circuit court judge, but he, he instead he, uh, or like a traveling minister, but instead he, um, he just, uh, travels around and deals with the undead and other mythical creatures. Yeah, he's literally Judge Dredd. He goes around and he just like, he goes like, I am the law <laughs> before he delivers his justice. But you, you have to imagine he must get pretty pissed that Abertoch keeps just showing back up. I, I'd be concerned that people would start talking to me and like, does this guy actually, you know... Is he actually good he at what he does? Doing? Like, Yeah, like people would start like whispering, being like, look at this fucker. Like, taking our money, saying he's killing people. And clearly he's not. Yeah. Or, you know, Cohen could also be like, you know, feeling a bit of pressure now as well, kind of being like, shit, you know, people are going to start talking. Word's going to get around that uh, Cohen can't can't even kill kill an older king. Yeah. Can't even kill someone that's already dead. Like yeah, absolutely. Can't kick snow off a rope, basically. <laughs> Everyone again thanked him. He killed the king again, returned him to his grave. That was it. Everyone hoped that was the end of it. But shockingly, the very <laughs> next day. Aha. <laughs> uh -huh. The shadows in the town apparently grew dense as dusk set, and once again he returned. This time now in a rage, uh, craving blood and basically raving. Cohen at this point was at a total loss. This guy had died three times now, right. twice by his own hand. And not only had he killed him himself, he put him in the fucking ground himself as well. Yeah, like he 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 followed through. Yeah, you know he, he he's he's seen the proof. He's seen the bodies, so he's at a loss. He doesn't know what to do. Like, he, he panics, and in, I, I suppose, a, a twist of fate, he decides to go and consult the local druid, mm. which is always a good shout, just to say, in some modern, or more modern versions of this uh, story, 
it, it's the druid has been replaced by the the local saint. Oh, that's that's appropriation of druidic culture. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so leave uh, the pagans alone. Yeah, just just leave them be. But uh, yeah, just just to say, uh, there there are mentions as well that's the the local saint, Saint Owen or Saint John are the two ones that I've seen. Uh, but Owen uh, and John would be the same word anyway. So um, mm. anyway, we're gonna stick with the druids because they know what's up. The druid informed uh, Cahun. Uh, that if he wanted to kill uh, Avertok once and for all, that he had to be slain with a sword made of yew wood. Hmm. Uh, and that following that, he's to be buried upside down, feet towards the sky, and a large stone placed on top of the grave to help hinder his resurrection. Uh, following this, the stone was then to be surrounded by branches of sacred Irish trees, such as Hawthorne and Rowan. Yep. And that should do the job. The druid did also warn him that this stone that's put down is never to be removed or Avertok would be free to walk amongst us once more. This is like some, this is some Harry Potter wand, wand lore shit. Like, you know, it had to be a yew tree, had to be like... Yeah. I, I imagine like, uh, Cahan comes up to this druid and he's kind of looking like, um, I'm going to say more like Radagast from the Hobbit movies, more so than Gandalf the Grey. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Cahan comes up to the this because uh, I'm assuming it's a hut that he lives in, like probably out in the forest, yeah. like surrounded by like animals and stuff, pagan symbols hanging from the trees. And God, stuff. when and times were good. Yeah, and uh, he comes up, and it's just this old dude <clears throat> just walking around doing doing his thing, doing druid shit as druids do. Cahan like walks up and goes to announce himself. The old guy's like facing away from him, and before Cahan can even like knock on his door, he's just like. So you came to find me, I see. <laughs> Long have I waited, Cotton. <laughs> I know of your trolls. Yeah, I know why you are here. <laughs> um, and just like turns around, he's like, you wish to deal with the vampire? And I, I would imagine that's exactly how the conversation went down. Cotton is just like completely shocked. He's like, oh shit, like this guy knows his stuff. When really he's just been like in the town and has like seen the bloodletting. <laughs> Like... Yeah, like literally two minutes beforehand, before he got there, the druid was like in full sprint coming back into the forest. Yes. Like, I need to get here quick, make myself look cool. Breathe. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter if I'm sweating, I'll just say it's the, the, the forest that's doing it to me. It's the mists of time. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you sweating? I live in a forest, dude. It's really fucking humid out here. Leave me alone. Yeah. Yeah. Look at you, my hair. Cotton, go fuck yourself. I'm not going to tell you how to do it. <laughs> you know what? I put in a lot of effort today and it was just clearly not worth it, you son of a bitch. Yeah, you know what, Cotton? How about you go deal with the vampire yourself? Oh, wait. Let's see how that went. Because <laughs> you don't have the right the right wood for this, do you? Yeah, you don't have the right you wood. And then he's like, fuck. <laughs> and you don't know anything about the stone. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. <laughs> what am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the the druid gives him these instructions and crucially the warning. And then Cahan kind of goes, right, I know what I need to do. Obviously, I'm assuming he's still probably very confused by all of this and is kind of going like, right, I have this uh, instruction from the druid, but you know, he doesn't know if it's actually going to work or not. Yeah, I'd imagine he's probably feeling a bit desperate at this point. He he's willing to do whatever he needs to do to to get the job done. 
Well, yeah, because his, his reputation's on the line here. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, the, the the whole third time's the charm thing, you know, that, that goes both ways for Cahan right now. He's kind of going like, right, if I fuck this up a third time, people are going to talk. The, the word's going to get out that Cahan doesn't know what he's doing anymore. Cahan can't do shit. Yeah, Cahan can't do shit. Cahan does what he has to do. He goes, he gets a sword uh, made of yew wood, comes up to Avertok and uh, basically murks this motherfucker one more time. Right. Um, I'm assuming, again, much like Rambo, probably like is hiding uh, in like covered in mud or something like that and comes out of a wall, like or out of like a muddy uh, patch on the wall. Yep. Like just fucking just goes to town, just mercilessly killing Avertok one more time. Um, and this time he follows the, the instructions. He, he's like, right, got my U sword, does him, does him in, kills him, brings the body back to his grave. This time though, buries him upside down, most importantly, and follows the rest of the instructions. So a large stone is placed on top of the grave and there's sacred Irish trees are placed around it. The twigs that were kind of placed around it, those kind of like sacred trees. Mm Mm-hmm. They grew into a thorn tree. Oh. And a huge dolmen was built on top of the site so no one would forget what lay there uh, and unwittingly release him. So a dolmen is just like a, a, a tomb, basically like a portal sort of tomb. Okay. It's, it's kind of like an indicator, like a buried folk be here. Okay, so n- now it's time for us to set up a Patreon. Listeners, get in that Patreon and we'll go remove the stone. <laughs> yeah, well, so the, the thing is... Uh, the tree and the stone are very much so still there. So the, the dolmen isn't there anymore, but that wasn't part of the, the, the required. That uh, wasn't part of the set. Yeah, that was that was like an additional, just like, you know, the people being like, oh, maybe the druid wants us to put a dolmen here as well. The druid's like, I I didn't say did, did, I like to see standing there like, did I say that? Yeah. No. Yeah, did I stutter? <laughs> that was pretty clear. The sassy druid of the area. Yeah, so I've just sent you a picture of okay. the, the, the tree and and stone as it stands today. Ooh, okay. Yeah, so it is still very much so there. The stone remains untouched. So for anyone that uh, hasn't seen a picture of this, it's uh, very much so uh, this open field with a, a sole kind of tree in the middle. As I said, a, a thorn tree. Uh, and beside the tree uh, is this very large stone. Uh, sticking out of the ground like large large stone well now i want to go over there and um you know what are they like those metal detector things but they can like penetrate the ground and search for bodies (laughs) oh ground penetrating radar yeah there we go Uh, well as someone with an archaeology degree uh, i am familiar with the uh, ground penetrating radar and uh how it works perfect yeah, look, if someone wants to give us a ground penetrating radar... Um, then we will absolutely I, use I it. I will oblige. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's still very much so there, which I think is very cool that the, the tree is there, but crucially the stone is also there and left untouched to this day. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's It adds a layer of... Um, it, it's very ominous. So, as I said, the, the folktale then was uh, collected in the late... Uh, 1800s by the folklorist and historian Patrick Weston Joyce and I think this story would definitely have been in circulation when Bram Stoker was writing Dracula was living there also and this is something that I, I kind of scoffed at earlier and kind of laughed at the the Irish term Drock Fola mm-hmm. um, 
it means I think it's bad blood. Okay. It does kind of pass <laughs> more than a passing resemblance, I suppose, to to Dracula. Yeah, Drocfola, Dracula. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah. So yeah, so it, it adds a layer to the to like to the novel of Dracula and the the mythology behind it, and yeah, you can you can probably say that it's at least like largely inspired by like Vlad the Impaler, but then there's this other kind of more local Irish flavor to it that also could have really been underlying a lot of the the, the imagery and the mythology in the book. Yeah, so um, that that is actually something that I was going to talk about. So it's it's actually led nicely into it. Um, there's this kind of movement um, looking at kind of this alternative origin of Dracula. Mm-hmm. So since kind of 1958, uh, it's been fairly frequently claimed that the kind of vampiric ant- antagonist of Dracula um, was extent. It's it's basically the common knowledge is that it's based on Vlad the Third. The Prince of Wallachia, I think is what it's called. Yeah. It's somewhere in Romania. Anyway, it's Vlad the Impaler, as everyone knows him. Uh, and that was his favorite kind of method of punishment and execution, impaling people. So there's this kind of movement online. I think there was a book in 1972 uh, called In Search of Dracula. Hmm. So yeah, so there's that kind of notion that Vlad the Third and Count Dracula are kind of like one and the same. Yeah. But in 1998, Professor Elizabeth Miller she i think she's canadian she's from toronto i think she published an essay in in uh, a book of hers uh, called dracula the shade and the shadow hmm. um and it challenged this notion actually uh, and she pointed out that stoker's own research notes for dracula don't indicate that he had a detailed biographical knowledge of vlad and she basically says that while stoker copied some information from another book by william wilkinson yeah there's no kind of current evidence that Stoker had information regarding Vlad's reputation for cruelty or his use of impalement as a punishment. Hmm. So there's this kind of movement now online saying that because of where he was living in Dublin at the time, that he would have been very familiar with this story of Avertok that came out in the late 1800s, which is the time that he was living in Dublin and would have been writing Dracula or at least uh, aware that he or they're thinking about writing it i suppose so you know people i suppose would have been talking in dublin at the time it probably would have been in like newspapers and, and things like that so you know it, it's an interesting idea that you know not only is avertok an, an irish vampire but also could be the the origin for the you know the most famous of all vampires yeah that is oh that that is fascinating yeah so you know, it, it is a cool idea, you know, and, and whether or not it's a true or not, it, I don't think it really matters, you know, like, it, it's, it is very cool, it's a cool idea, and I think it just, like, further just helps a really cool story of an Irish vampire. Yeah, which is not, like, you don't normally associate Ireland and vampires. Yeah, exactly, you know, like, it's it's not really, as you said, it's not something that you associate with Ireland. There's, a mo- <laughs> there is a modern depiction um of of Avertok as well, actually. It's in a, a uh, an Irish film called Boys from County Hell. <laughs> okay. And it came out in 2021. And Avertok makes an appearance. He's depicted as a tall vampire-like figure who can drain people of their blood just by being within a certain proximity of them. Oh, wow, like osmosis. And it's uh, described as a vampire comedy horror film. Uh, th- that just sounds great. Yeah. 
so I, I think I have to give that a watch. I, I think I vaguely remember trailers for that at some point. So uh, I'll, I'll have to check it out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But that kind of concludes our story of Avertok. Uh, you know, to this day, as I said, the stone is still there. The tree is still there. And it's a pretty it's a pretty cool place. You know, it's um, it, it's just a cool place in, in the kind of Ireland. And, and also, you know, it kind of lends nicely into this whole story. But uh that's kind of it. What, what what's your thoughts on on this, Suze? Oh God! I mean, it's I mean the idea of something coming up and demanding I slip my wrist in front of it, it, it like into a bowl is beyond creepy because I just uh, I can't stand like characters that have to like cut themselves or for any reason. <laughs> so More uh, than fair. yeah, but then then again, I also think like there's there's a level at which I. I don't know if I would follow my chieftain anymore. And I think after I had like heard the rumor of his death, I might be less inclined to, to provide him with my blood. But, uh, but no, I think it's a fascinating story. And, um, and yeah, like I said, it, you don't, you don't associate vampires with Ireland. And so to know that there is like a vampire myth here is really interesting. And I, I love vampire myths. So. Yeah, it is a cool one. You know, I, I, I do, I did really enjoy researching this one. Uh, this is a fun one. And I, to be honest, I didn't even realize that Avertok was a, a story in, in Ireland. I, I, I had no idea about it. I, it was This was literally the first time I'd heard about it was when I started uh, researching for it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's, I've, I've never heard of it. I did find uh, another interesting thing that I know that you're going to love. Um, oh, good. If you go to find Avertok's resting place, um, the, the field that he's in, you can also, close by, uh, take a little wander into the nearby forest garva's forest and if you walk amongst the trees at some point you are going to find a pyramid oh my god (laughs) so a pyramid was built there as the final resting place for lord garva who basically became obsessed with the structures in egypt when he was on his grand tour (laughs) so the tomb was constructed but was never actually used and now stands basically at the top of a hill in the woods a, a full-on egyptian style pyramid yeah i'm gonna send a picture to you Suze, so you can see that i am not fucking about here this is a, a god honest pyramid in the woods oh my god it is yeah <laughs> that is so strange looking yeah so he's not actually buried in it no he's not buried in there there is just a pyramid that was built for him as a tomb that was never actually used i bet that pissed him off in the afterlife yeah, I'd imagine it did. Being like, you know what? I, I demanded a pyramid. They built a pyramid. Why am I not the pyramid? Yeah. So not only can you go see a vampire, but you can also go see a pyramid in the same day. Oh, now that's a field trip we have to take. Yep, it absolutely is. Um, I'd love to go see this, actually. I'd, I'd really like to go to see the uh, the field for where Avertok supposedly is. And then to, to go see this pyramid as well, just as a, a nice little addition. Oh yeah, for sure. And y- I- I'm sorry, there's there's something inherently creepy about just like this empty pyramid in the woods. <laughs> yeah, just this pyramid, just this um, monument to colonialism. Oh God, yeah. it, 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 like, it's stretching into the furthest corners of all civilization are the echoes of the bar- barbarism and appropriation of colonialism. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, we'll have to go check that out as well. I think uh, if if we get up north to, to go look at this this other site. Very cool. But um, that that's really it. That That's all we have for today, guys. Um, I really appreciate, uh, as I said, all the feedback we've been getting so far uh, on the podcast. And if anyone has 
any spooky stories of their own that they'd like to share with us and have potentially read out on the podcast, please do send them in to us. Yep. You can contact us on Instagram and you can also get us on, on Gmail at uh, the spooky AF podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys and um, hope you have a very f- spooky and fun Halloween. Yeah, everyone do enjoy your Halloween and uh, we'll be back uh, next Friday uh, with another another spooky case. See you guys. Take it easy, guys. <laughs>